It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of June, the definitive Derek Favors podcast. That's it. It's next on Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, and a bunch of geeky numbers all about your Utah Jazz. Hope you're doing great. Had a nice weekend. All right, the Jazz have two incredibly difficult decisions they have to make this offseason. One is Dante Exum, and the other is Derek Favors. And none of these, neither of these decisions can happen in a bubble. And neither of these decisions are as simple as yes or no. It all impacts on what else can you get and what are your other options and, and all sorts of things. The Derek Favors discussion to me is the most interesting because there's a lots of different ways to look at it. The Dante Exum situation, frankly, I don't have a clue. But I wanted to do today a three-part definitive piece on favors and the questions confronting the Jazz. And then you guys have been so great with questions, I feel like this is a longer discussion. So over the week, if you have questions to this podcast, please send them to me. And then we'll address that. Plus the NBA Finals, plus the Jazz have a mammoth draft workout today. What The best draft workout of the year is coming today. It's incredible. But let's get to the favors front. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. I'm driving the new Colorado. It's sweet. I'll tell you more about it coming up here in just a moment. As well as uh, intercap lending. All right, so the first part of this discussion is going to be what does favors want? Part two is do favors and Gobert work together? And part three is what happens without favors? Okay. Uh, so let's start with part one. What does Derek Derek Favors season in review, and what does Derek Favors want? I think that's a huge part. So season in review, there's one number that tells the story on Derek, and that was his rim finishing. He became the best rim finisher in the league, 77%. The year before, he was at 61 with his injuries. The year before, he was at 71. The year before, he's at 75 So this is one of the elite, around-the-basket, rim finishers in the NBA. His 16-foot jump shot is at 39%, which is just, it's okay. It's probably, it's an outlier. His career's 32. He's been 34, 33, 34. And then last year, he was at 39 um, and took uh, a few. Fewer of them, which is probably why that number's down a little bit. His 10 to 16 foot jumper is right at league average, I guess, or which isn't good. Um, that's just what league average is. At 40, 39, 43, and 41 the last three years. So he's, it's adequate um, in that regard. His rim finishing is what makes him special. Um, the His pick and roll game with Rubio, he was... You know, if you just kind of look, he's generally better. The guys are generally better with favors than Gobert. So Rubio's better with favors than Gobert. Mitchell 
is not Ingles and Favors is the best pick and roll combination on the team. So Derek runs a lot. 671 picks with Rubio. I mean, it's a huge part of the Jazz offense is Favors pick and roll. Uh, the Gobert's a part of it as well. But, like with Rubio, they ran 788 picks with fake Gobert and 671 with Favors. With Mitchell, they ran 875. And Favors, they ran 629. And with Ingles, they ran 672 with Gobert and 440 with Favors. He's a, it's a huge part of the Jazz offense. And that actually stems to, I think, what the biggest issue with Favors is a little bit from a jazz standpoint, is the fear of the unknown of what happens if he leaves. He's really important. He's been he's been a huge part of what the jazz do. What happens if he leaves? What do you fill those spots with? And to me that's a that that's the part that makes me nervous. I love Derek as a guy, so um what's interesting also, so just when you dig into his numbers, post up, and this is this is really important. And you've got to figure out: is this because we don't run it? Is this because he doesn't have the skill? With all the switching that's going on and all the smalls ending up on bigs, you've got to be able to post people up. Derek on post ups last night, last year, was in the twenty fifth percentile of all post up players. He was only seventeen of forty three on the season. Turned it over eighteen percent. Scored forty two percent of the time. Shot 39%. Um, His spot-up shooting was 36 of 177 for 36% effective field goal percentage, which was in the 13th percentile. Okay? So the two things you need from Derek are going to be posting up low and spreading the floor unique to where defenses are today. Now, what is he great at? He's awesome on the pick-and-roll. And he was great in transition. He had 50, 65 transition opportunities uh, this year. I think he had four the year before when he was hobbled. So that's kind of what Derek is. Now, the biggest thing to all of this, before you decide whether you think the Jazz should bring Derek back, whether you decide how important you think Derek is, whether I decide, before the Jazz decide, the number one thing in this entire discussion so what does Derek want? Derek is a free agent. Derek gets to choose. Now, Derek has said, I like it here. I want to be here. But has also said, but there are sacrifices to being here. He does not finish a lot of games. Because of the way that the league is going and Gobert's the center. He... And that's a huge sacrifice. He gets, for all we talked about how important Derek is there, Derek probably hears those numbers and says to himself, Rudy's getting more pick and rolls with every single one of these guys than I am. And to Derek, why shouldn't I go somewhere where I'm the primary pick and roll guy? Where I have a chance to touch the ball. If I can get a long-term contract, why should I get it? Jazz probably unlikely to give him a long-term deal. Maybe not. Maybe the Jazz are going to give him a long-term deal. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, I said it, and I didn't. I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. Um, it doesn't it doesn't line up to me when you've already paid Gobert that you're also paying favors? But maybe we can get into that. The for a long term, you know. So the positives to Utah 
Primarily one major positive is Antonio Lang. It's an incredibly deep relationship the two of them have. He knows the system. He knows the area. As he said, he grew up here. He's got a bad market out there. He can come back here and know where he's comfortable, do everything he's doing again, have no change, and be a part of what he's already a part of with the guys he likes. The downside is he doesn't unlikely to finish games. Numbers are unlikely to be bigger than what they are. And I don't know this, but it feels to me like you're probably not signing a three- or four-year deal. And your 12.7 rebounds, if you're trying to go make your money, maybe you're waiting for a better market next year. This is a tough market. But so what does Derek want? From a Jazz standpoint, we can walk through all the areas where it's helpful to the Jazz. And he has a different style, and he does a bunch of different things, and there's great value. And we'll dig into that a little bit here coming up about whether Favors and Gobert and how they can play together or have proven they can play together. But the first question is, what does Derek want? And then, if it's only a one-year deal to stay in Utah, well, why don't I go take a one-year deal in Brooklyn where I'm going to get the ball more? One-year deal in Atlanta where I'm going to get the ball more. Even though I'm not going to win, I'm back home, whatever. So it's an interesting question on whether Derek decides to stay. And that's really the first part of any Derek Favors discussion is what does Derek want. That's what he's earned with his free agency. We'll dig into Favors and Gobert and whether or not that really works and then... What happens if there's no Derek coming up? Uh, I got the Chevy Colorado diesel. Pretty sweet. Um, Pretty quiet, really quiet cabin, soft ride. I told you I drove the Silverado before in the truck class for Chevy over from Murdoch, and uh, I thought it was like the Taj Mahal of trucks. This is pretty sweet, too. Quiet cabin, soft ride, very easy to get up. Uh, without sacrificing ground clearance. I'm not the tallest guy ever. And a lot of high advanced stuff has a collision awareness in the front side of it, has uh, Android Auto and Apple Play uh, technology on it, so uh, advanced safety features. I don't think uh, most of the other trucks in the class have that. Um, 308 horsepower in the V6 Colorado, which is more than the uh, main competitors in that area. Uh, the Chevy full-size Silverado is like, is kind of what I drove, which is the incredible, but like the smaller trucks by other producers are actually more expensive than that Silverado. So then, you know, the Colorado is an incredible deal and can still pull 7,700 pounds, uh, with the diesel boost best in class, 24 miles per gallon as well. So really cool. Uh, Colorado, the technology the Chevy has in these trucks is advancing past its competitors. The pull's better, the pricing is better, and then you have the Murdoch guarantee. Check it out. Uh, either the Taj Mahal of all trucks, the Silverado, the Colorado is solid. Really enjoying it. Um, it's a little smaller. Uh, uh, this is really for Tyson's benefit to make him laugh. More manageable. <clears throat> That's because I might have, might have um, rubbed the side of the Silverado against something. <clears throat> might have. Anyway, check out uh, Murdoch Chevy uh, out in Woods Cross, and you get the Murdoch uh, whole experience, car washes and uh, safety inspection for life, as well as five-day price, five price match guarantee. It's all 
over at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so favors and Gobert. We've read about it everywhere that doesn't work. You can't play two bigs in this day and age. Um, Well, what's the real truth? In 63 games together, the Jazz offensive rating was a 106.6, which is right about league average with the two of them on the floor. And the defense was amazing. The defense was amazing. So Quinn Snyder, Dennis Lindsay and the crew, and their systems – have found a way to make the offense with Derek Favors on the floor average. Okay? And the defense is elite. And if we've learned anything, if you're going to be great and make it to the final four of your conference, like the Jazz have two years in a row, you have to be in the top five in a category. And the Jazz defensive rating with Favors and Gobert on the floor this last year, was a 98.9. To put that in perspective, the best defense in the league was Boston, who was at 101.5. And we are 101.6. The year before, interestingly enough, when Favors was injured, they played 47 games together. The offense was better, and the defense was better. They were actually, in some ways, better a year ago together. So over the past two years, Favors and Gobert have played 110 games together. The offensive rating is 106.8 average, and the defense is elite. 98.0 plus 8.8. It's pretty great. Pretty great combination there. When Go- Now, one of the arguments is that Favors is the best backup center in the NBA. I think that's an interesting one a little bit because Derek's strength to me is often off-ball defense helping out secondary. There are not a lot of, I talk about this a lot, there's not a lot of secondary rim defenders in the league. And so when you actually can find a secondary rim defender, you're pretty, that's a unique thing. Derek Favors at center this year without 
Joe Johnson on the floor. I just think in fairness, Derek Favors and Joe Johnson were kind of a disaster together. And so when you uh, eliminate Joe Johnson and take – so Joe Johnson's off the floor and Rudy Gobert's off the floor. Derek Favors' defensive rating in 767 minutes is a 106.6. So he's the best – backup center in the league, but defensively we've been just average and the year before we were below average, he was injured a lot, when he's on the floor as the backup center by himself. I think that's interesting. The offense jumps to a 110.3. Okay? So now, when Derek's in the game as the center offensively, the offense jumps to a 110. What is that? That would be about 6th in the league. Now it's probably against backups. And that is, by the way, the second level statistical analysis on this whole Derek Favors discussion is how many minutes Favors and Gobert are playing against centers or starters. And then the rest of the lineup is playing against backups and Quinn's picking spots to make it work. And he's a master at that. But so in 767 minutes, the defense for Favors was just a 106.6. So he's not... We're not elite defensively when Derek's in the game as the backup center. In fact, Udo, in some ways, has been better. Uh, When Udo was on the floor, without favors of Gobert, the defensive rating was a 102.3. So four points better. But, but, when you dig into that a little bit, first quarters it's 111. That's pretty terrible. Second quarters it's 91. It's brilliant. Third quarters is 109, not very good. Fourth quarters is 101. Some of those are blowout minutes. Second quarters against bench units. So the question is what happens if Gobert misses time? Could Udo really carry the load? And that would be a huge loss. Now you're talking about, you know, backup security uh, that you don't have there. Um, the year prior when Favors was injured, the defense was a 107.1 with him on without Gobert. We were minus because he didn't have the offensive prowess. But what's interesting to me about looking at Derek by himself over the last two years is defensively, uh, there are not signs that when he's at center, we're elite defensively. This year, when he was healthy, offensively, there was a big enough uptick that the Jazz were really, really good. So what the Jazz have proven is that Favors and Gobert are elite defensively together and can work. Now, the question I think you're probably jumping out and asking, what about the playoffs? What about the playoffs? And I don't think, I think you can make enormous mistakes from evaluating someone from a playoff standpoint. So favors in Gobert were awesome in the Oklahoma City series. Okay? First game, they were minus four in 20 minutes. Second game, they were plus two. Next game, they were plus 28 in 29 minutes. They were plus 14 in 21 minutes. Then they only played 10 minutes together. They were plus three, and they were plus 12 in 30 minutes together in the game deciding deciding game six. And their defensive ratings were just great. 103, 186, 92, 92, and 98. They were just great. And so against Oklahoma City, who have no stretch four, an absolutely terrible power forward in Carmelo. Jeremy Grant is not an offensive threat. And a driving, non-outside shooting Russell Westbrook, they were great. And then against Houston, 
They were minus 11 in 14 minutes of game one with an offense with a and then in game two, they were minus two in 10 minutes with a defensive rating of 120. And then in game three, excuse me, a defensive rating of 143. In game one, they were minus 11 with a defensive rating of 127. And in game three, they played seven minutes, were minus 15, with a defensive rating of 168. So they could not play against Houston. And as the league goes to more switching and spreads more, is this going to be, are you trying to play a style with two bigs that everyone's moving away from, and while it worked over the last two years, is going to work less and less over the next few? I don't know the answer to that. That's a legitimate question that has to be asked. But as much as they were great against Oklahoma City, they were terrible against the Rockets. I don't think you can make a big takeaway on either one of those. Obviously, if you were you're trying to, you know, win a debate class, you would choose one side or the other just for that sake. But in fairness, I don't think that has value. What I do think, and I've talked about this a good deal, and then this will back up, I think you, the Jazz have proven that Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert can work together. I think they've, it has also been proven as the league's evolved. You can't be dependent upon it. You can't be dependent upon it. Can you, um, and I think that's, so what that really means is if you have favors in the fold on matchup, maybe there are matchups where he plays 32 minutes. There might also be matchups where he plays 16 minutes a night. And you're, you have to have a really solid stretch to play those other minutes. And, I, you know, you have to decide what happens. Now the question is, can the Jazz still be elite defensively without Derek Favors next to Rudy Gobert, and can they still be successful? And we'll touch on that uh, next. Today's show is brought to you in part by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is uh, one of the largest independent lending companies in the country. It's who we did our refinance with. Steve Carter was our guy. He was unbelievable. Intercap Lending, NMLS 190465. For more information, intercaplending.com. So here's what Intercap Lending does. They have embraced technology. They have the independence to give you some flexibility. And they've tried to make it as easy as ordering a pizza, as they like to talk about. So they will close the loan on time. They'll communicate through the app. They'll get the appraisal taken care of. And if you tell them you're with Locked On Jazz, you get a free appraisal when you do your mortgage with them. So intercap lending, number one, no overlays, no additional requirements, direct lenders. So that helps them with difficult loans, whether it's self-employed, business assets, multiple properties. Someone has said no, have them take a look at your loan, whether it's even if it's low credit. Uh, Have them take a look at it. Number two, once you find out it's going to be simple, you'll see how much they expedite the process using their incredible app at Intercap Lending in the App Store. In fact, you can even pre-qualify based on the information in the app and give that to your realtor to get going in the process. Very impressive. Call Steve Carter, 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Tell them you're with Locked on Jazz, and they'll take care of your appraisal for free, which is could be up to close to, I don't know, a few hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. Pretty kind of cool. Highly responsive, embrace change, and they give you a great borrower experience. 385-885-28. That's Intercap Lending. Ask for Steve Carter. 
Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network, right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. So here's the part that makes you go home. Quinn Snyder's got this incredible offensive system. Ball, we run more picks, more handoffs, we spread the floor, we do all these things, and we have this incredible talent who's a driving, penetrating Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade score. So does having two bigs make sense? And can you succeed with just Gobert and someone? So now this only addresses the 36 minutes Gobert's playing. And so you do, if Gobert's playing, you know, let's realize that you have favors in there for about 29% of of the minutes of every game, 25, 29% as the backup center. And if you lose favors, you lose those minutes. And is Udo good enough to carry that? It's a worthwhile question. Or maybe we're going to start going really small in those minutes. Who knows? But this gets interesting to me. When the Jazz used, let's eliminate Joe Johnson for a second. I just think Joe was so poor this year, you take him out of the minutes. This year, the Jazz used three different stretch fours. Jonas Jarebko, Tabo Cephalosha, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, maybe, but really the others aren't pure starting stretch fours and aren't, I don't think you'd put them on the elite level of stretch fours. And yet, listen to the numbers. Jarebko on the floor with Gobert, 138 minutes. The defensive rating was a 99.1, would still be number one in the NBA. And Jareb in the offense was a 105.7, a little below average. 87 minutes with Tabo Cephalosha. Both these had Joe Johnson taken out of them. The defensive rating is a 98.9. And the offense is a 108.4. Jay Crowder, 351 minutes. And the defensive rating was a 91.8. And the offense was a 108. So now this gets really interesting for a second. In the minutes this year in which the Jazz used a stretch four, 576 of them. The Jazz defensive rating 
was better than when Gobert is on the floor with favors. What? How is this possible? So if you suddenly look at the Jazz numbers this year, with the defensive rating, with Rudy Gobert on the floor, and Derek Favors and Joe Johnson out, they're they're pretty darn good. They're about 100. They're best in the league again. The If you just do Der, Rudy Gobert with Derek Favors off the floor, so this could have Joe Johnson as your four. The Jazz defensive rating this year was better. 97.4 to 98. Wait. Defensive rebounding wasn't as good. But the more important numbers, how you defend the shot, was better. So what happened here? How is this possible? Is it possible that having four athletic wings or players who can all switch and move around is actually a better defensive lineup for the Jazz than Derek Favors, as great as Derek Favors is. We also played a little faster. I don't know if that matters. I'm not a big believer in that. The Jazz offense, so the Jazz this year with Gobert on the floor with Favors, offense was a 105, defensive rating was a 98, and in 973 minutes with Favors off the floor... The Jazz offensive rating was a 106.7 and a defensive rating of a 97. It was actually better. That's weird. But true. It was not true the year prior, by the way. But maybe better defensive style players, better signing. Who knows? So, and, by the way, favors in Gobert this year over the last two years, have been an incredible plus 8.8. The 47 games a year ago were actually better than the 63 games this year. This year they were they were about a plus um, 7.7. The Jazz with Jarebko on is the stretch. We're positive. So it's 7.7 for Favors and Gobert. The Jazz were about a positive 6.6 with Jarebko. They were a positive 10 with Cephalosha. They were a positive 15 with Crowder. Go back to a year ago. Rudy Gobert and Joe Johnson on the floor together played 675 minutes. They were plus 12. The offensive rating was a 114. The defensive rating was a 102.6. Would still make you one of the best. Post-All-Star break, it was less good than it was early in the year, but it was still good. Last year, Boris Diaw was kind of a funny, right? He's not really a full, like, he and Gobert together last year, 742 minutes, or two years ago, defensive rating was a 98.6, offensive rating was a 109, and the net rating was a 9. So here's the piece to chew on that gets interesting. Unquestionably, the Jazz have proven that Favors and Gobert together works. Unquestionably, that Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert are a elite defensive tandem. Unquestionably, Derek Favors in the 14 minutes as the backup center when Rudy's out gives you a luxury that you haven't had otherwise. And, un- and Derek Favors is 
a pick-and-roll offensive player that's more efficient than Rudy Gobert. So that's an option. Yet, in the last two years, every combination the Jazz have had on the floor with Gobert has got a plus-minus that's equal to or better than favors in Gobert, and they have maintained defensive elite performance with all of those combinations. It's a pretty interesting debate. That is my definitive version of the Derek Favors Quandary podcast. What are your questions about that? Send them my way. We'll continue the discussion all week long. It is Locked On Jazz, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Get the latest at LockedOnJazz.net. And for the whole podcast network, go to LockedOnSports.com. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.